You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Wednesday, March the 24th. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Lucas Smith, the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show. And it just so happens that today's show is sponsored by Locker Room. Um, Be sure to join me whenever I go on the Locker Room app. Um, And I went on the Locker Room app yesterday to talk some sports. And you can join me on Locker Room app at LJ Fastball if you have an iOS device uh, to get on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So today's show is going to be that discussion. Uh, it's not going to be the whole thing because the discussion did go around 45 uh, or 40 to 45 minutes, but uh, we'll, we'll see some, some conversation a little bit between Ethan Smith and myself as well as Miller Thomas. Um, Ethan's the host of Locked On Diamondbacks and uh, Miller the host of Locked On. Excuse me, Ethan's the host of Locked On Pirates and Miller is the host of Locked On Diamondbacks, but um, nonetheless, we'll have some conversation between me and uh, those two gentlemen, um, but today is Division Day across baseball, across the Locked On MLB Network anyways, so be sure to head over to, if you're interested, Locked On Pirates, Brewers, Cubs, and Reds. We'll all have crossovers today. Uh, the, to, this is my week off, and if you missed it, I, I've done it with every single division host except for Ethan Pirates, which is next week, um, but also something that we did differently last week was um, we didn't post the same show um, on Locked On Brewers and Locked On Cardinals. Uh, Jake and I did a little bit of a different segment, so if you want to hear more of a Cardinal-centric, uh, head over to last week's Division Day episode on Locked On Brewers, and all these are found wherever you get your podcasts. But um, So that's going to be all the talking I do live today, but the other talking that I'll do will be from the Locker Room app, and again, be sure to, to join the discussion um, on the Locker Room app. But I do want to tell you about two of our shows on the network before I get to... Um, there's two other promotions before I get to that. Uh, first of all, head over to Locked On today if you want more generic sports news. Uh, host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. You can get the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. And a big one for this network being March 24th, it's the Locked On MLB podcast uh, division preview series. That's the start of it today. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. That's right, right now. Uh, every episode from now until the 31st, so now until next Wednesday, will feature in-depth looks at each team from every division. Follow Locked on MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Very exciting things, and obviously, like I mentioned, Division Day on other things. So keep them on your checklist, keep them in your queue, and listen to them throughout the rest of the week. Uh, but here is a, a part of my locker room discussion from yesterday. Hope you guys enjoy. And I'm back to the first question. Will you trade Goldschmidt back to DMX? <laughs> Go ahead and, and keep Paul Goldschmidt on the Cardinals. I wouldn't give up on Weaver and Kelly just yet. You, you probably know more than I do. But, um, yeah, I think Paul Goldschmidt is going to be just fine in St. Louis. Um, you know, I can't say it to, to what the Diamondbacks are doing without him. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and keep Paul Goldschmidt. If you want to make your case, uh, feel free to, to make your case as to why you think the Cardinals should uh, – or the, the yeah, the Cardinals should, should trade Goldschmidt back. Emil, I want to ask you, maybe you can uh, hop on a speaker, you can type a response. What, what do you think about the idea of Paul Goldschmidt batting second? Uh, he, he's been batting second a lot this spring, and it seems like Paul Goldschmidt is going to hit second. Um, and when the season starts, I don't know how I feel about that. I probably more of a, a three-hitter and go um, uh, goalie, goalie, um, or out of three-four. I don't know how much of, of 
hitting in the two place he did in Arizona. So maybe, you know, you know, like I said, feel free to type a response or you can hop on the, uh, the, the show with me if you want right now. But uh, just interesting, interesting to me, somebody that is definitely not just a pure power hitter. I understand that, but somebody who is definitely um, has pop. And I just don't know if that pop is going to be wasted used to its full effectiveness in, in the second slot in the lineup. Uh, you know, traditionally that spot is for somebody with a little bit of speed, a little bit more contact, but, uh, and I, you know, I'm not saying Goldschmidt doesn't have contact, but he's definitely not a prototypical two place hitter. He, he is somebody that the Cardinals got to produce in this lineup and, you know, first year 260 average. Yes, but he was able to hit 34 home runs. So I definitely think um, that, that it's a, it's an eye raiser to me as to why Goldschmidt's batting second. So um, maybe you can, um, you know, let me know what your response is. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I saw your question just now, and I'm just looking at Goldschmidt's uh, career splits right now. And actually, batting second for him, he's played a. It looks like he has 103 games batting second. His career numbers batting second are better than any other place in the lineup. Honestly, maybe hmm. fifth would be second, but batting second for his career, a 305 batting average, 941 OPS. So I think it would work out pretty good for Goldschmidt. Honestly, he's a he, he could get on base at a high level. And back in the day, probably not know too much anymore because he's a little bit older but he used to be a guy that could still use 30 bags as a as a first baseman so he's still probably got a little bit of wheels in him he, he, you know not the same anymore now that he's 33 years old but i think he could bat second of course he's got the pop for you still and uh, mm-hmm. a guy that could get on base you know over four you know over 40 percent of the time i i think uh it could definitely work out for the the cardinals because I'm, I'm not too sure what their lineup is right now like if he wasn't batting second who do you think would be like the first five in the cardinals lineup then yeah, I think that, that that's a good question. As the if you put him second, then he's going to be a little bit more of a proven asset, right? Because um, w- without him, it's going to be probably either Dylan Carlson or Paul DeYoung batting second, and both those guys. Who I think, especially Carlson, has a lot of upside, but you've got a little bit more question marks. Whereas Goldschmidt, even though you mentioned getting up there in age, Goldschmidt's going to produce pretty heavily in my mind for the next two three years, right? Maybe the, the back end of this contract he starts to, to wear off a little bit, but no, I definitely see your point. And the, the point that the Cardinals like to make of why they bat second is it gets Goldschmidt and Arnauto, your, your two best hitters, in uh, up at the plate in the first inning no matter what happens because, um, you know, obviously if left Arnauto, inherently a bad thing, but uh, I think that goalie hitting second is something that I have to I'll have to warm up to um, but your your initial reaction that's a good idea then yeah yeah I don't, yeah I don't think I, I mind goldie in the two hole and it just depends on the rest of your lineup of course uh, do you think Nolan Arenado's batting cleanup this season for you guys if goldie bats second then Arenado's going to hit third um, the, I don't okay. think that there there's not somebody that they can put in between Goldie and Arenado that's the way that those two are and I, I said this on my show the, the other day that Whoever hits behind Arenado needs to be the hottest hitter at the plate, whether that is a Dylan Carlson, whether that is a Paul DeYoung, whether that is a Tyler O'Neill. Uh, it might be a, a fifth-place hitter by committee uh, just because you, you can't have somebody hitting behind them that you know traditionally is good, but then they're, they're struggling at that point because then guys aren't going to pitch to Arenado or Goldschmidt, and they're just going to go after the weaker guys in the back of that end of that lineup. So I think that uh, is, is the hottest hitter needs to be behind Arenado and Goldschmidt so that way you have protection. Because that's what Arenado is for Goldschmidt, right? Arenado is some, it's another threat in the lineup. So whoever is hitting behind those two definitely needs to be um, a threat as well. But, um, yeah, so, so we'll see how it goes. I, I think that the lineup is going to move around constantly a lot, but I definitely think that um, it, it's not all negative, like you pointed out with the statue brought up of, of Goldschmidt batting second. So I appreciate your input, man. No problem. Thank you for having me on, Lucas. I'll talk to you later, my guy. You bet. Thanks, Mullen. 
More of the locker room discussion in just a moment, but first I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Locker Room. Locker Room is a perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. Be sure to join me whenever I host a room, and you can find that information whenever I post it on my Twitter at LJFastball. Go download the free Locker Room app now. Currently available on all iOS devices, and be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group for the latest league updates, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and more. Follow me again at LJFastball to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live sometime next week, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. And I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Cardinals. See you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar. And it has 100% chocolate on all of its bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is best. That's right. It's time for Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup in the bracket is between Cookies and Cream versus Coconut Almond. My vote is going for cookies and cream, be sure to head over to BuiltBar.com to vote or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to vote to find out which one of these two bars makes it to the enticing eight. And also be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. LOCKED15, LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And be sure to check back today to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, so, so he asked about who might bat second, and I mentioned Dylan Carlson. So let's get back to Ethan Smith's question of uh, the chance of Dylan Carlson beating out Q. Brian Hayes for Rookie of the Year. You know, I, I struggle with putting Q. Brian Hayes as the favorite, Ethan, um, but he, he probably is, and that's probably me just, just trying to be biased and trying to, to, to wheel Dylan Carlson to win that award. But uh, Lockton MLB Prospects, hosted by Arm Layton, said the other day that Carlson could hit anywhere from, you know, around 25 home runs with a, quote, a ton of doubles. So I think that if Carlson is able to hit 25-plus home runs with, um, quote, a ton, I struggled to, to think of how anybody else is going to beat him out. Um, you know, I don't know what the outlook is statistically, specifically for Q. Brian Hayes, but I do know this, that that's going to be a fun battle to watch all year. I mean, the Pirates and, and Cardinals are going to play each other 19 times, and, you know, even though the Pirates – no disrespect, the Pirates are, are the Pirates. I think that, that that specific battle is going to be fun to watch. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see which one of those rookies is able to to bear the, the heat of 162 games. Because last year it was obviously a shortened season, and neither one of them has played a full 162 yet. Um, and even in the minor leagues, it's it's not 162. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I think that, that that will be the biggest challenge. And also, now that they've both been in the major leagues, both both guys are going to have um, tape on them, and, and pitchers are going to see a little bit, um, have a little bit more of a game plan. So, uh, but with with that said, Ethan has requested, so we'll see if we can get Ethan on here. Uh, Ethan, can you hear me? Yeah, yo, what's up, man? Not much. All right. So, what, what's your take on Brian Hayes then? And um, you were bringing up the doubles, which I think is very fun because I think that honestly could end up being the deciding factor between the two. Because right now in spring training, obviously spring training is not that big of a deal. Um, Hayes has six doubles, and if I'm, I'm going to look up Dylan Carlson real quick, uh, quick while I'm on here, 
But, um, yeah, like, Hayes, like, it's going to be a really fun thing to watch because, obviously, like, Sixto Sanchez for the Marlins could do the same thing as well, like, competing with mm-hmm. them. But these two are going to get to go basically back and forth a lot. So it's almost going to be, like, how they determine, like, MVP in the NBA sometimes on how you play against that other player. And, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. Like, you could see games where Hayes and Carlson have two doubles each, and it could be really fun to watch. It really could be. You never know. But, I mean, I'm not going to knock anything about Dylan Carlson either. I think both players are definitely the future of their respective teams in in their own ways. But right now, I will say Carlson doesn't have a double in spring training. He does have a triple. He doesn't have a double. (laughs) Hayes has six. But, we're, you know, like I said, spring training is not that, like, big yet. But Mm -hmm. I like what you brought up, though, about the 162 games. It's going to be very interesting to see how both of them do over the course of 162 games rather than – one September like last year. Yeah, it's going to be fun and definitely, you know, you mentioned Hayes with his six doubles. Carlson has a couple home runs this spring, so both guys are heating up at the right time. Um, you know, in terms of uh, making a, a big start, obviously, um, the ideally, the MLB players would heat up around October for the teams making the yeah. playoffs, but um, definitely two guys to keep our eyes on for the not only this year, but the future division. So, uh, Ethan, I appreciate your perspective, man. Oh, yeah, of course. Let's talk about two of the negative guys that that, uh, that are concerning me right now with their performances. We're going to stick with the offense. We're going to go Matt Carpenter, Harrison Bader. And in the Cardinal fan base, when you say these two names, you either love these guys or hate these guys, it seems like. And these are the two of the more the, the most controversial players in Cardinal Nation right now. Um, just because, you know, you have guys that, that favor some sabermetrics that really like like Bader um, and also they've liked Carpenter in the past. And you have more traditionalists who don't like them because they strike out a lot and don't don't get hits. Their, their averages are, are really low. And to be honest, I don't mean to turkey out of an opinion, but I, I, I just think that there is a middle ground to both these players. I think that Bader could be really good in this outfield. He has the capability. We, we've seen it for a handful of games here and there throughout his brief major league career. Um but we're going to start with Matt Carpenter because I just think, and let me know what you guys think about Matt Carpenter. I said on today's episode of my show, Locked on Cardinals, that if Matt Carpenter's name wasn't Matt Carpenter, the way he's making the roster. And not that just because Matt Carpenter, that's the only reason he should make a roster. He still needs to produce, but they're not going to send somebody down to the minor leagues that they're paying like it's $18 million this year. He, he's not, he, he's going to make a roster spot, but, you know, at the same time, you think he's one for 26 or one for 28 or some ungodly number like that. So at the same time of like, oh, we, you know, we, we can't send him down. He's making too much money. At the same time, you might have to send him down because he's not hitting Paul. We've heard the same story for three spring trainings in a row now, including this one, that Matt Carpenter has changed. He's changed to go the other way. He's going to be the hitter he was from 2013 to 2016. He was still a good hitter in 17 and 8, that power guy. Um, but, you know, we, we've heard this for three spring trainings in a row. 2018, he had the monster, monster August. Ice cold until May, and then he heated up throughout the rest of that year. 2019, 2020, he struggled. He just did. That There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And the reason that I'm more negative towards Matt Carpenter is because of his age. I think 35, I think, is his age this season, but I just think that w- with Carpenter, he's not going to start. It's been known that Tom Yemen is going to be the second baseman, and it's been announced that he's also going to be the leadoff hitter, which I love. Big Tommy Edmund fan. But at, at, at some point, you've got to wonder, okay, are guys like John Nagowski, Edmundo Sosa, 
even Austin Dean, do these guys deserve roster spots ahead of Matt Carpenter? Because you could argue that they do. John Nagowski is impressing a ton this spring, and Nagowski played a little bit of the outfield today, but he's going to, you know, he would be the backup first baseman if he went, and that's a position that Matt Carpenter's occupying, as well as backup second and third baseman. Um, but again, Matt Carpenter's defensive skills are not what they once were, as we saw the ball that was thrown to him chest high from second base and got a generous out call from Lance Barksdale. Um, so I just think that, you know, but let me know what you guys think. Uh, Matt, Matt Carpenter, I just think that he, he, there's no denying that his best days are behind him. I'm not expecting him to, to do what he did back in 2013 to 17 or whatever it was. But um, regardless, he's not even doing what I expect him to do. Um, you, you'd expect him to, he'll find, expect him to still find a couple of doubles here and there. You'd expect him to still find a couple of hits here and there, but he just, he just hasn't been able to do it. Uh, and I, this is a huge negative for St. Louis. Who's looking for, for bench depth. They're looking for um, so some guys that can get some popping off the bench. And I think that, um, you know, the, the Cardinals might've found that with Justin Williams and Austin Dean, who both had extra base hits today. And John Nagowski as well. Who's, who's played well, drew a, a walk in the last inning and, they're again without his name being Matt Carpenter. There's little evidence. There's little statistical evidence that Carpenter would make the major league roster. So I think this is a good question here that that Aaron has just posed. Any chance the Cardinals trying to move Carpenter package at the deadline? I definitely think that that's a possibility, Aaron. But I think that what needs to happen first is that Carpenter needs to perform. Because no matter how many times you can say he's Matt Carpenter, he he's um, you know got a great IQ, great eye at the plate, which I I still think he does. He old you get your your eyes or something that you can still um, maintain. But at the end of the day, I, he he's got to perform for people to want him. Nobody's going to want to put a package together for somebody who's hitting a you know a hundred, a buck twenty, a buck fifty, and and just a lack of production, defensive prowess to go along with it. You know if you know, that's part of the reason as we transition a little bit now into Harrison Bader, you know, this is also near and, and more confident in Harrison Bader just because of, you know, he, he's younger, but also Bader brings you a lot defensively. So w- w- with Carpenter, you know, yes, he can play three positions, um, but it's just a matter of fact of can he play them well? I play them maybe adequately, excuse me, maybe adequately, but he, he he's going to, helps you defensively, and right now he is killing the Cardinals offensively. So as we transition to Bader, who is also mightily struggling this spring, I think he's three for 28 or something like that. Um, and again, he, he, you know, there, there's still some speculation that injury that withheld him from camp early, that that could be a reason for his struggles, and that's still barking at him. That was the phrase that they were using. But Bader, we, we've we've heard this for three years, right, of can he cut down on the strikeouts? Because I think no matter who you are, or no matter what your opinion is on Harrison Bader, I don't think anybody can say that he's striking out at, um, an appropriate amount. I mean, he's got to cut down on these strikeouts. He's got to become a better situational hitter. He really impressed early this spring. He, he was impressing in batting practice. He looked to be able to get from him from the socially distanced and the socially locked down Jupiter, Florida hasn't been able to put it together this spring. Um, and again, spring training is spring training. None of this really matters come April 1st and whenever the Cardinals break camp and go up to they play Cincinnati first. So once that starts, everybody hits zero, whether you're Adam Wainwright, Jack Flaherty, Matt Carpenter, Harrison Bader, Andrew Kisner, Yadier, who, no matter who you are. So I get that. But this is still cause for concern. And if he continues to struggle, then we can point back and say, hey, we knew this might have been coming because of the struggles that he had in spring training and the history of struggles that he has had. 
yes, Bader gets on base. And when he gets on base, his speed is deadly. Yet another reason I'm higher on Harrison Bader than I am on Matt Carpenter. Because even if Matt Carpenter does get on base, which he is good at doing, uh, he, he is good at drawing walks and, and things of that nature, but his, his lack of speed is not going to allow you to do anything with it. So I just think that Harrison Bader, you know, if he's able to get on, if he's able to just put the ball and play more often and use that, that speed to, you know, force an air here and there or get a walk every once in a while, he becomes deadly. It's just a matter of can he bring the average up just a little bit for just a little bit more production. I'm not saying Harrison Bader needs to be a 300 hitter to be productive at the major league level. I'm saying that he probably should be closer to a 260, 270 hitter on base percentage of over 400. He had a handful of doubles here and there. Play his elite defense and get that elite speed. That elite. These are probably the two guys that I'm most concerned about right now. Harrison Bader. Matt Carpenter. And again, two extremely controversial guys um, in terms of, you know, Cardinal fan base. I mean, as, as people, they're fine. I just mean in terms of what you think of them as a Cardinal fan. I mean, there are guys that think you're an idiot and the dumbest person on the planet if you are pro-Bader um, or, or anti-Bader, rather, and vice versa on both sides. And it, it's just unfortunate. And for Matt Carpenter, it's it's a lot less anger for me than it is sadness and um yeah, just sadness because I, I really like Matt Carpenter. I think that he's done a lot in a corner uniform. He's spectacular moments, especially in the postseason back in 13-14 against the Dodgers. Um, so it's just unfortunate to see somebody that, that has the capability of, you know, possibly being able to hit or the repertoire of being one of the better hitters in, in, in recent Cardinal history. And just to see him struggle the way he is is really sad. More of the locker room discussion coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing, and baseball is just around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds that you need to know. It's the one place we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and it's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Again, promo code Locked On gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's free money, and who doesn't love free money? And you can go to BetOnline to win more money as well. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Adam Wainwright has impressed this spring, and I want you guys uh, l- let me know what you guys think of Adam Wainwright's performance. First Cardinal to go six innings today, um, and I just think that he he can be the leader of this staff. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, his stuff might not be what it once was. He might not have the best stuff. He might not be the best pitcher on the team. But I do think that's important ones because of his leadership in the clubhouse. And, again, I don't expect him to pitch to an ERA of about two the entire year. He's going to have his blow-up starts. He's going to have those starts where he goes four or five innings and gives up four or five runs. I understand that. You're going to have to live with it. But I just think that the way he's impressing is really Really fun to watch, and it's always fun to watch Mac or pitch well. Love, love the, the the dots on the corner, the the big breaking ball, uh, and just the, the ability to to maneuver in and around a lineup is huge. Uh, other guys that that pitched well so far, the numbers might not suggest it, but I'll go to the opening day starter and Jack Flaherty. 
Jack Flaherty has been huge. I think that he has taken tremendous strides since his first start. And again, the numbers aren't going to suggest that. But looking back at yesterday's start, you take out that weird fifth inning of his air, Carpenter's air, for lack of a better phrase, uh, the wild pitch, just the, the wackiness of that fifth inning. Take that out, didn't give up a run, only gave up two or three hits outside of that fifth inning. I think it was two. For those of you who listen to my podcast, um, you know this, but if you don't, I'm just going to tell you right now, I am extremely high on this pitching staff, both in the starting rotation and at the bullpen. And I get that there are injury concerns right now with Kim and Michaelis, but I'm more than confident for John Gant and Daniel Ponce Leon fulfill the role of that in a short-term um, stance because it lo- it's looking like Kim and Michaelis are both working their way back. And that that is a positive thing. And I'm not saying that we that the Cardinals need Michaelis and Cam or else they're going to suffer, they're going to fail. But I am saying that, uh, that they are, you know, especially Michaelis, I think more so than Cam, I think Michael's ability of being able to come back because he has struggled and come back before. Because you go even beyond John Gant, Daniel Ponce de Leon, then you go to a guy like maybe Matthew Libertor is going to get a start here in 2021. Zach Thompson is an option. Jake Woodford is an option. Tons of guys that can start and that can get out. Obviously, there are question marks. There are wild cards. One of those being Carlos Martinez with with the combination of talent on the mound and talent and the defense behind them. I really am excited for this pitching staff. I just am I'm thrilled for, for, for what I've seen in the spring training, again, with the negatives that I talked about a little while ago in terms of uh, Harrison Bader and Matt Carpenter. Definitely some things to worry about, um, but... All in all, super excited for what the Cardinals have. So, yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on today um, and, and chatting with me and putting some questions in the chat. I appreciate you guys' time, and I'm going to go ahead and sign off. So be sure to have uh, a great day. Stay safe and stay well.